Hello everyone and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and y'all know how we do it. I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled, A Strong-Willed Mind Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And tonight, the name of my poem is called, Ask. And so here we go. Dear Lord, where do I begin? The other night while I was sleeping, I had a vision. But what exactly could this mean? My imagination produced this scene. Is this the will that you have for me? Because it seemed so real. Are you preparing me for my new journey? Or should I just stand still? Oh Lord, what if this vision becomes my reality? Is this what you have planned for me? Why didn't I just trust you all along? I delayed my blessings by doubting you, Lord. My Lord, how wonderful you've been to me. It came true, that beautiful scene. Now I will soar beyond the stars and prove how gracious you truly are, my Lord. So I hope that you all have had one of the most amazing days of your life, that you did something for yourself, that you are a few steps closer to whatever goals or aspirations or dreams that you have set before you, that you took time out to write your vision down and make it plain, that you just did something that will make the world of difference in your very near future. So tonight I wanted to talk about asking. I woke up early this morning and I didn't get much sleep, truth be told, because I had went to bed fairly late last night, or we might as well say first thing this morning, because it was like two o'clock in the morning when I went to sleep. And then I woke up around 7 or 8 a.m. I'm not quite sure what time to the minute, but I know it was earlier than I expected to wake up. And I heard so clearly, you need to reach out to some of your old classmates, to some of your old friends, and you need to ask them to listen to your podcast. And I kind of hesitated when I heard that because I was like, Lord, is that you? Or Teresa, is that you? (laughs) So it took me a moment to actually operate in obedience. But I'm glad I did because I followed the instructions that were given to me the way that they were given to me. And I simply asked the folks that I reached out to, can you take a moment to listen to my podcast and give me some feedback? And I don't 
know exactly how many people I reached out to. But the feedback that I got encouraged me. And I thought about how sometimes we can lean on our own understanding of how people perceive certain things that we do. Maybe because someone in our past said something negative when we made an attempt and that tape we're constantly constantly playing back over and over again in our minds to where it doesn't allow us to truly hear the now truth. And so I was grateful for the fact that I obeyed. Well, then one of the persons that actually said that they would be happy to listen to my podcast gave me a compliment. And when he gave me a compliment, I smiled. And I was like, thank you. This means a lot to me coming from you. So he had, his response was, really? And I was like, of course, like, yeah, really. So then he said, I would be curious to know why you say that. And immediately, I felt like I needed to encourage him. So I told him, my response was, my life is an open book. Let me know when you're available to speak. And I will, I will let you know why I said what I said. So I was actually taking care of some other things because I have a friend that's getting married in May. So I wanted to make sure that I secured the hotel and make sure that I secured the flight. And that was just, it was a lot of work because I haven't done it in a minute because, you know, we've been in a pandemic. So I haven't literally, you know, been doing any of that. So I had to refamiliarize myself with the process. So I told him, give me some time. Let me do this real quick and then I'll call you. So then right before I got ready to call him, I sent him another message and said, okay, I'm about to call you. So I said, are you free? So he said, yes. So I called him. And then I was like, you asked the question, why did I respond the way that I did? And I said, and he said, you need to share this with the people on your podcast. So I went to proceed and explain to him why I said what I said. And I described my perception of who I believe him to be based on his track record based on our interactions, based on his support of all my other ventures, based on him as a human being, and based on him being my classmate. And so he went on and told me about how um, certain relationships have not ended well. And I explained to him and I genuinely believe this. We have been cut from a different cloth. The way we were raised, we were raised to be honest, to have integrity, to pretty much just be completely real. And it's one thing for someone to say that they desire a person that keeps it 100. It's another to actually meet someone that is at that standard that will communicate the truth to you, their truth to you, how they view you 
unapologetically and not to hurt you, but just so that there's no reason to put on any type of airs or have a representative. And so I went on to let him know. I said, I gave an example and I said, let's just say you meet a young lady and in her mind, she's like, he looks like a great guy and he looks like the perfect person that I want to be in a relationship with. But she knows deep down inside that she hasn't done all the work. And so she's going to go ahead and send her representative because at least the representative will keep you entertained for a little while until she can figure out if this is something that she wants to do for the long run. And then I said, but because you operate in realness and because you're genuine, you start to take that sheet. You start to literally take that, like remove it from the equation. So you can see who this person truly is well before she's expected to have completed the work that she's doing behind the scenes. Then she starts to feel some type of way because the truth was she was really never at your level. But she figured that if she could stall and buy some time and entertain you, that maybe by the time you started to figure her out, she would turn more toward the type of person that you're looking for. Because by then she had learned you, studied you. Now she kind of knows like, oh, this is what he likes. Let me work on getting that together so that way we can mesh together. I said, but the thing of it is, is that the representative can only last so long. And when you're dealing with real people, and I said, I don't like when people say game recognizes game. Because the reality of it is, is that real people recognize game. So whenever you're someone that's genuine and you know that you're coming straight out the gate with your realness your authenticity who you are and then you're dealing with someone that is putting on a facade because they like the the person that they created in their imagination more than they like the actual person that they are then once they start to realize that the standard that you're at is above where they're willing to go now we got a problem and instead of confessing, instead of owning the fact that they deceived you, they would rather blame you <laughs> for being who you are. And it's not fair. And it happens a lot. And this is for men and women. It can go either way. It could be the woman who is genuine and the man who is not will, will, willing or able to meet that standard. And so he begins to nitpick at your character because he knows he does not have the capacity, at least not in that season, to meet you where you're at. So now that's when the labels kick in. You think you're too good. You think you're this. And the whole time you haven't been thinking anything other than I want to be with you. But because they're not able to meet you on the level that you're at, the only way that they can feel or justify leaving the relationship is to start to talk down on you. And I said, and it was uh, for me, when that used to happen, I'm not saying I was better than anyone because this wasn't in every single relationship that I went into. There were times that I 
had to show my representative because the person that I was dealing with was so many levels above me. And I knew that I loved that person's personality. I knew that I loved being around them. But at that mo at that time, I didn't have the capacity to be where they were at. So I had to send a representative while in the background, I'm trying to work on myself to catch up so that when he realizes, wait a minute, are you really who you say you are? By the time he realizes that I would have hopefully caught up. So I was speaking from experience not speculation but I was saying how because I now operate in my authenticity because I nine times out of ten am coming from a very genuine place that I've noticed that the way I handle relationships they're a little different because now I can recognize the representative most likely in the first like 90 days. I can represent, I can literally recognize this is not who you really are. It sounded really good, but everything that you're saying and everything that you're doing, they're not, they're not connected. You're talking a good game, but you're not going to deliver. And I'm not willing to put myself in a position where I let down the guard of my heart to allow you to come in just for you to mess with my mind, screw with my mind, make all of the stuff that I've worked so hard for and just literally destroy it and then walk out as if you were never here. Like I'm not willing to go through that, but it took me a long time to get there. And so pretty much what I was telling him, you know, it, we're at a point because we're older now. So it's certain things that you can't share with certain people and certain, you know, conversations that you can't have because everybody, no matter how saved, sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit, they say they are. Everybody cannot handle your truth. Everybody cannot handle the visions that may be given to you. That you have for your life. They can't handle. If you're a dreamer. They can't. Everybody can't do that. There's certain people that can handle. The level of growth. That is on your life. And there's certain people that literally get vexed by it. Because they're just like child. Really? What makes him or her so special? Hmm. Oh so you hear from the Lord huh? You act like, and that's one of, okay, let me talk about that real quick. This had nothing to do with what me and him talked about, but I'm going to talk about that right there. So I noticed, and I don't know if it's an old fashioned thing or what, I don't know where it came from, but what I've noticed is that's why you got to be really careful about people putting their conscience on you. Because I noticed that sometimes when some people communicate how they lead in that sentence is you act like. Okay, so if you're a person that is being who you are and you are truly being authentic and you are not trying to be like anybody else, this is who you are. What you see is what you get. But if you are dealing with someone that's like, well, you act like this and you act like that because you say something. Maybe it's not you that's putting on the act at all. Because it took me the longest time for me to realize, oh, you can't handle my truth. 
because right now this is not my i'm not pretending this is not a representative this is genuinely who i am what i'm saying out of my mouth that's really what's in my heart i'm not sugarcoating it i'm not pretending like i'm something that i'm not i'm merely stating my perception of the situation whether it's good bad ugly or indifferent I'm merely stating where I disagree to this perspective. I'm merely stating that I don't see eye to eye with you on this. I have learned that there are more than one, there, there literally are more than one way, or there is more than one way for you to view a certain situation. And so as I've grown um, through experience, as I've grown through reading, as I've grown through life, I've started to learn that there are certain things that I don't have to agree with, but it doesn't mean that my perception is greater than your perception. It just means that it's different from your perception and it doesn't make me better than you. It just means that I think differently than you do, but it does not also mean that I am acting when I am speaking my truth. And so I'm learning how that's a defense mechanism for a lot of people. When they say, well, you act like you don't care or you act like, no, I'm, I'm not acting at all. And it's in how it's communicated, how it may be better stated is you are making me, when you do X, Y, and Z, you're making me feel like ABC. Because when you say that someone is acting like something and they're not acting at all, they're not on a show, they're not on Broadway, they're literally just stating their perception or their view, it automatically triggers a defense if the other person is not careful. And so in order to kind of communicate in a more appropriate, appropriate manner, it may be best said something along the lines of, well, when you just said that, this is how it made me feel. I'm not sure if that was your intention, but that's what it made me feel like when you said it. That opens up the door to have an open, honest dialogue for you to see where the person is coming from and to ask questions that way you're not leaning on your own understanding because it's the small foxes that spoil the vine i have a colleague that i absolutely respect and one of the things that i respect about her is that because i come from a different background and i have a lot of things that have happened to me stinking thinking will rise up sometimes and so i may see something from a totally different perspective and it's two people that are helping me with that that come to my mind right now one of them is my stepdad because my stepdad will be like i love how he communicates because one thing he'll say is just because you think it doesn't make it true so just because i have a thought that doesn't mean that that's actually the reality of what's happening. Sometimes you got to do this. You got to listen to the thoughts that are in your mind. 
And you got to literally let the thoughts settle for the truth to surface. Sometimes. Then there are times where you have a thought like I did this morning. And the first thought that came to mind was you need to contact your old classmates and your old friends and you need to ask them to do you a favor. And I did that in obedience. But if it would have been a whole lot of thoughts clouding in my mind, I would have, before I acted, I would have had to allow those thoughts to settle for me to, for the truth to come up. For me to know what my next step was supposed to be. And so my dad is one of the people that he literally, um, I love whenever he talks about that, how you just can't always, you know, listen to your first thought, you know, or you can't always just kind of like take that and run with it. But the other person is my colleague. And there will be times that I will literally say something and she'll be like, or could it be this? So what she'll do Let's say that I say, oh my goodness, that bottle is orange. She'll be like, or could it actually be a mustard yellow? <laughs> so she will cause me to look at it again for me to see if, is it a mustard yellow? Could I have called it the wrong color? Let me look again. And it makes me reevaluate if my first thought was stinking thinking. And then it, she helps me to look at things from a different perspective. So one of the things that she literally taught me and I try to do a lot. She said, whenever you're dealing with someone who is very, very difficult who really truly tries your patience. You have to look at that person sometimes as a weed in your garden. And with weeds, you tend to pluck them up so that you can, you can literally enjoy the beauty of your garden. And so anytime that I'm in a situation and I'm just like thinking of every word, but holy words y'all know what i'm talking about <laughs> i will hear you're just a weed in the garden and that's literally whoever is making me feel like they're better be if they're being condescending toward me if they're trying to make me feel inferior if they're trying to make me feel as if i'm not capable of doing whatever the moment that I think you're just a weed in my garden, I'm good now. That person lost their power over me. So now I can hear the words, but they don't affect me like they once did. But it took one of my colleagues, who is now one of my dearest friends, really, to help me to see things from a different perspective. Because I was caught. Sometimes we can. I'm, you know, nobody is 100% perfect. So I fall short just like the next person. But there have been times where literally she has adjusted my crown. Because I was like, Lord, 
yeah, I'm going to set this on the side real quick because I, I, I kind of need my flesh to take over just for a minute. I'll pick it back up. And she's like, no, you will not. This is how we're going to handle this. And because I listened to the voice of reason in her and the wisdom coming out of her mouth, I am able to hold my tongue. But I've also noticed that asking questions can save a lot of, save you and I from a lot of arguments. And it's also how you ask the question. Because sometimes, depending on what's going on in your world, we have a tendency to ask accusatory questions. In a way that it's like, I'm already pretty much, I'm asking you this question, but the way that I'm asking you this question, I've already deemed you guilty before innocent. So pretty much your only option is to say yes, because of the way I formulated the question. Women, you know what I'm talking about. Don't act brand new. Y'all know. Y'all know. Y'all so know. Because we are so good at that. <laughs> we are so good at that. And I think it's universal. I really, really do. I really, really do. I think we're all guilty of it. And so learning how to ask the question, but not doing it in such a way that the person feels like, you ain't really gave me no choice in how I'm answering. I mean, it's like you didn't already made up your mind that I'm guilty. So it don't matter if I tell you yes or no, or if I tell you it, it wouldn't me, it, it don't even matter. You didn't already deem me guilty. Yeah, that's not fair. That's not fair. And so I'm glad I had that conversation with my classmate because it's one that me and my, uh, like my, like my siblings and, you know, my, my mom, we have a lot, we, something similar. We have a similar conversation every once in a while. And, and I really do believe that. I really do believe that. And no, it's not being self-righteous. No, it's not being arrogant. It's just being factual that sometimes when you are dealing with real people, and you know that you yourself has not done the work and that you're not being completely genuine and you're not being completely true. Real people will make you squirm because they're making you without even knowing that they're they're not even consciously aware that they're doing it, but they're making you see yourself. They're making you see, oh, man, I need to work on this. I don't even know why I don't like her. I don't even know why I can't stand her. She ain't really, no, we ain't never had an argument. We ain't never had a, you know, we ain't never had no fallout or nothing like that. Every time she speak to me, she nice, but I just don't like her. Why? Is it because you don't possess the, those qualities to be kind? Is it because you don't possess the qualities to forgive quickly? Is it because you don't possess the qualities to literally let bygones be bygones? Is it because you think she's cuter than you? What is it? Is it because she has qualities that you truly admire, but you don't know how to formulate the words to say, I really like when you do X, Y, and Z. I wish I could do like, I wish I could do that. So with me, this is what I do with my friends. I have always looked for the qualities in my friends that I totally admire. And I have no problem with telling them that I admire those qualities in them. I will set them to the side and tell them, this is what I love about you. Girl, this is what I wish to God I had that in me. That's how you prevent jealousy 
from taking root in your heart is when you can look at people who possess certain qualities that you admire, that you genuinely admire. You don't want to be like them. There's just certain qualities that you wish that you had. It's really okay for you to tell someone, I really like when you do X, Y, and Z. I don't know. It's just the way that you do it. You just, you know, so I, like one of mine, and this is for men and women, because, you know, I'll tell a guy in a minute. One of the qualities that I really admire in a lot of people, and I've told them this, is people who have a sense of humor and a witty mind. I don't possess that. I don't have that. That's not a trait that God blessed me with. So I'm not witty in no way, form or fashion. Now, my kids may beg to differ because according to them, they think mama is the funniest thing ever when I'm not even trying to be funny. But I don't believe that that's a gift that I've been blessed with. And so whenever I'm somewhere in public or whenever I'm I go somewhere and I'm hanging with a friend and then let's say we're in a situation and something happens and my friend is like right off out the gate. Just I mean, I'm talking about just speaking so quickly, but hilarious. I will crack up by the probably crying by the end of the night. But I love that quality and I'm quick to tell them that I love this about you. I love your sense of humor. You know, I love how witty you are. I wish I was that quick. When someone is very gifted and talented in terms of um, being an entrepreneur, I don't have a problem with saying, you go, girl. Get it. That's what I'm talking about. Go for it. Go for what you know. You're in your lane. Keep shining. Keep doing what you're doing. I love to celebrate my friends. I really, really do. I love my friends. I love... And they love to celebrate me. It's not It's not one-sided. My true, true friends. I can count them on one hand. But my true, true friends, they love to celebrate me. And I believe that that's important. I believe that being surrounded by people that really and truly want you to win I think it's important. The world is full of haters. The world is full of indifference. The world is full of hatred and injustice and all these bad things. But it's also full of good too. There are a lot of good people in this world. I've witnessed it firsthand. I remember when I went and I took a trip to South Carolina and my mom gave me y'all I'm in my 40s and I still if my mama say don't do it I'm like a, a little bit of kid okay yes ma'am I won't all right <laughs> so I was trying to go on the trip and I knew that I wanted to treat myself as a birthday gift to I wanted to go somewhere so my first option was Colorado but when I told my mom she said nope you have a tumor in your brain and no ma'am you're not doing it because the elevation might be too high for you and i was like okay yes ma'am she's like you better choose a number two so my number two was south carolina and i remember everybody was telling me like oh my god you're going on a trip by yourself why are you doing that and i was like first of all 
I trust God. I don't go anywhere by myself because I have a relationship with him. So he's going to send his angels encamped around me. This is what's going on in my head. I didn't tell them that. I was like, God is going to send his angels encamped around me. He's going to go before me. He'll be with me on that plane. He will be with me when I land. He'll be with me when I'm in the, you know, just I know who I serve and whose I am. And so I remember when I was on the plane, there was, and I'm just going to say his name. I don't know his last name, but I'm going to tell you his name. So there was a Caucasian gentleman who sat next to me. Very, very handsome man, mind you. Very, very handsome. And his name was Stephen. And when he sat next to me, we had a conversation and he asked me where I was going. And I told him that I was going to South Carolina. And he was like, by yourself? And I was like, yes, sir. So he said that he was on a business trip. So when I went to go get my rental car, he was actually at the same car rental place. So when he was getting his car and I was getting my car, he said, I tell you what, what hotel you stand at? And I told him. So he said, give me about an hour and a half. I'm going to go to my hotel. I'm going to, you know, exchange phone numbers. He said, I'm going to text you. And he said, you meet me at my hotel and I'm going to take you on a tour around South Carolina. Now, some people would be like, this girl is bona fide crazy. She didn't know this man from Adam. She could have ended up in a lake somewhere. But I trusted the leading of the Holy Spirit. So I met him. Oh, not only that, I, I literally filmed everything that I did. So that was the other thing. I was constantly, I had my camera going all the time. So I met him and it was a lady that she watched the whole trip because I literally was recording it. I was recording everything I did. And so that lady said, I fell in love with you watching you on your trip. She is one of my dear friends to this day. But she said, I I literally every you. She said, you took us on this journey. You took us on this journey with you. She said, I laughed. You know, I was, I was just, I was in the moment. I felt like I was in South Carolina with you. But it was one of the best experiences of my life. I remained open. I remained transparent. He took me to everything. He took me to see everything. And then I met another person who was another stranger. I was meeting strangers the whole time I was on the trip. And I met another stranger. He was of Indian um, descent. And it was him and his father. His father was in his late 90s. And he said that he wanted to take his dad on the trip. Well, I ended up being like his father's caregiver. And so we ended up going to the beach. And all of this was not like it wasn't intentional. I just, you know, I'm drawn. Well, you don't know this. I'm drawn to the elderly. I'm drawn, so drawn to wisdom and elderly people. And just, I love them. I love them so much. And so, um, so I was talking to his his father and, um, having a conversation and come to find out that his father had just left. I mean, um, lost his wife. They had been married for many, many years and he was still heartbroken. And so I let him, you know, I was that ear. I let him talk to me and, 
you know, I empathized and, and just show compassion toward him. And we literally had a very blessed day, all three of us. And I was like, God, look at you. Look at you. And I learned so much from that man. Like I took photos. I came across the photos not too long ago. But he was telling me, and I'll never forget it. Because, they, you know, of course, they asked me what my name was. And I said, Teresa. And his dad said, Mother Teresa. That is like the greatest honor ever that anybody could have. It brings tears to my eyes just thinking about it. He was like, you have the spirit of Mother Teresa. And that's like, that's like passing a mantle to me. Because she, to me, was a beautiful woman in her heart, mind, body, and soul. And so um, we had a really, really good time. And then I went back to my hotel safely. We went to a restaurant. I had a, I wanted to go to a restaurant. I forgot the name of it. But it was one that I really, really wanted to try. So we went and we tried that restaurant together. And I just had a really good time. And it was nice, pure fun. But it was so amazing. I cried, actually, when I was getting ready to go home. Because I was like, the type of feeling that I had when I was there and the way people were so welcoming and they were so kind and they were so friendly I was like God I could I could bask in this I could bask in this for a lifetime of being surrounded by just positive people oh my God it felt so good it felt so good just to be around people that they were just friendly just friendly everybody was smiling everybody was nice and I was told well you didn't go in this side of the town and you didn't go okay it wasn't meant for me to go into those sides of town but the places that I went I had an excellent experience and so um but I think it's because I, I try my best to remain open to endless possibilities of what life can bring how it can bring it and just knowing but I would I don't believe that I would have had those experiences had I not asked questions had I not asked where are you from had I not asked who are you had I not asked what are you doing on your trip I asked questions I didn't I didn't form my own opinion of what I thought I didn't lean on my own understanding I simply asked questions and I met some of the most amazing people on this planet just by asking questions so I hope that y'all have a wonderful evening. This is going to conclude the raw version of this episode. Raw standing for real and wise. I hope that it encouraged someone. Um, but I'm now at one of my favorite parts of the podcast. And that is when I read a letter to my future hubby. So it is dated March the 13th of 2021. And it goes a little something like this. Dear future hubby, earlier today, I stepped out of my comfort zone and asked a few people to please take a moment out of their days to listen to my past episodes of the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I did this after waking up super early and hearing the voice of what I believe was the Holy Spirit. I must admit, I fought these instructions initially, primarily because I really do not like to ask for help. However, because I rely so heavily on God and myself, I didn't even realize that this was an issue for me. Well, did you know that this is a part of pride or being prideful? I truly needed to swallow my pride and obey the instructions that were given to me. 
And quite honestly, I'm very glad that I did. You know, sometimes we won't know how many people are truly for us if we never take the time to ask. Don't be afraid to ask. I love you. Love, Teresa. And I think that's what I want to leave with you all. Don't be afraid to ask. The answer might be no, but we covered that a few nights ago. If you hear no, it's really okay because rejection really is God's protection. And it took me a long time to receive that. It took me a long time to accept that. But I'm actually very glad that I finally did. Because in all actuality, by being told no, that opens up a door eventually that may be the biggest yes you'll ever receive. So don't be afraid to ask. Y'all have a blessed one. And do me a huge favor. Please take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl Teresa. Bye.